Okay, Anais, biohacking. What does this word mean? It's interesting. It's a term that has been um, created by a man called Dave Asprey. I don't know if you've ever heard of no, this I man. He's a fascinating guy that revolutionized the relationship we build with our body. He realized that there is health, there is better health. There is trying to fix what's being broken and there is trying to have an optimal body, right? So biohacking is the art of op optimizing our body, our mind, I guess, a soul as well, because it does dive into the spiritual realm too, um, and, and making it more efficient, better. Not, it's not just about surviving in this life. It's about becoming the best being, becoming the best version of yourself on all levels. And biohacking is that, is about understanding what hacks are actually efficient for you to get there. And there is a lot of misunderstanding about what's healthy and what's not when it comes to our bodies. There is a lot of trends. So it's about coming back to a neutral point and understanding, okay, where, where is the data? Where is the science? What can I measure? How does it work really? Rather than just believing it's going to work better this way. I love this. And the reason why I wanted to have you on the show is because one, I love you and you're my dear friend, but also you made this Instagram reel about biohacking and health tips while traveling. And I've traveled a lot. And for some reason, like the past six months, I've been having like severe plane anxiety mm. and your post really resonated with me because you talked about a bunch of tips, like one about like going through the scanner and mm. asking them to pat you down instead of, you know, getting the radiation. So I'm curious to know, like, what are these tips that maybe you can share with the audience about travel? Because I know for me, like things have felt really heightened and that's kind of where I want to begin with. Wow, that's a really good one. Travel, travel is a hard one for me as well. I, I dread taking the plane and for the main reason that the level of humidity in a plane is very, very low. Usually it's mm. about 20%, which is way under normal. <laughs> like it's not normal for humans to evolve in that. So it basically sucks all the humidity out of your body wow. within a couple of minutes. I'm not even talking about the hours that you can spend in a plane, right? Recently I, I was on a 14 hours journey and it was it was pretty tough. It's tough on your body and there is ways to make it better. I'm not saying that it's going to be great <laughs> because it, it is, you know, you, you're not going to be as comfortable as when you at home here in Miami with you humidifier at home, etc., etc. Yeah. But it can you can make it better by understanding how to boost your hydration, for instance. Mm -hmm. Electrolyte is a really good solution, for instance, when it comes to preserving the humidity inside of your body. You need the right mineral for the water to stick <laughs> and to be there. You need to rehydrate frequently. You need to drink more for sure. Um, I know that I use my rose water and I spray it all over me oh, as well. Nice. That's a good tip. <laughs> that's, that's a really good one. The only thing is you have to be aware of the containers and that's the, the, that's the annoying thing in yeah. a plane, right? It, yeah, so it has to be a smaller bottle. But um, So those tips were the first ones for me. And then I Obviously, was always very interested in radiations, in uh, EMF, and those um, toxic waves that we mm -hmm. are bombarded with constantly with our phones, the 5G towers, etc. That was that was yeah. a big subject for a couple of years. Um, and you know, those those scanners when you, you you go through security is the same deal. It has a harmful effect to your body. It's, it's deteriorating your um, DNA and you, you, the, the health of your of your cells. It's breaking down. It's doing micro damage to your cells and to your DNA, basically, which is not necessarily going to have a huge impact on a, on a 
shorter term, it can have much bigger impact in the long term, especially if you do that often. Um, they say that for, I can't remember exactly the, the number of months, I, th I think it's the equivalent of seven months of traveling for stewardess is the equivalent of a, a CT scan, so wow. which, is, which is like which is like an atomic bomb to your system, it <laughs> <Yeah>. really is. <laughs> it's really harmful. So if you do travel a lot, if you take the plane a few times a year, yeah. it's already you know it's already a lot of uh, potential damage, potential risk for cancer. It's not worth it, especially yeah. when you can avoid it so easily. It's so easy to ask for a pat down, yeah. um, and we forget about it, and for multiple reasons. You know, a lot of people mm -hmm. don't want to disturb the queue. There is a lot mm -hmm. of people waiting behind me. I don't know if it's if they're gonna even know what I'm what, what I'm talking about. You know, they do. They yeah. know. He usually is pretty fast. That is call a female or male. It depends on your gender, um, um, agent member of staff to pat you down and the pat mm -hmm. down takes about a couple of minutes and they take your stuff with you so it's not lost like it sounds silly but people don't know how it works so they're yeah. not going to ask for it it is really easy it's usually really quick and people are really nice most of the time 98 percent of the time <laughs> so it's it's it really is worth it I love that. And I also love this concept that you said. And, you know, before we even started talking on the podcast, we were just having a chat about like what we're going to talk about and, you know, the normal prep work. And what I love that you talked about was like the different levels of being the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. Because when I first started on my journey, like I started as a mindset manifestation coach, right? So I thought like being the best version of myself was identity work and journaling. And I just made this post, I think you commented on it, where I was like, I don't even have a morning routine anymore because I just am so like constantly in this state, I feel, of like optimization. And I've made so many changes in my lifestyle that I don't feel that I have to necessarily be on a morning meditation and a journaling, but then there's some people who can't live without that. So I would love to just know a little bit more about your thoughts on morning routines and optimal performance and the different levels of the game. There is many layers in that. Um, great. Thank you for your question. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we are, and you've done a lot of identity work, so you know what I'm talking about. We you're not an identity for the rest of your life. You evolve. Yeah. We are we are beings in motions. This movement yeah. is very important in our life. This is why we are alive. It's because we evolve and we move. The day you start stagnating, you're likely to feel like your life is not that interesting anymore. Well, your needs are evolving with you. Mm. Meaning when you're working a lot on mindset, on feeling more grounded in life, well, you're pretty set and grounded and potentially you don't need to have more grounding every morning. You know, you yeah. might you might find grounding differently. We all have different needs, different preferences as well when it comes to my well-being, my well-being, how I treat my body, how I treat my mind. And all those tools actually tend to become quite toxic when they become an obligation because it gives us a sense of have I done it, have I not do it, done it? Yes. Is it a failure or not today? If you start your morning by not doing a meditation that you think you should have done, you already feel like a failure for the rest yeah. of your day, right? So I think it is important to find that time to start the day right. And I remember you, you saying, well, I need time to drink my water and drink mm -hmm. my coffee and then I can start work. Well, that's great. Maybe that time between the moment you wake up and the moment you start working makes you feel great and grounded and that's what you need so what i would recommend is actually to have maybe a 20 minute period of time when you think what do i need mm -hmm. rather than saying i need to meditate i need to do that well 
we need to reassess. We need to understand. I have a tendency to be very wordy, very up there. <laughs> so movement and sometimes meditation, to be honest with you, in the morning, it's not so much meditation, but um, it's for me, it's movement. It's an either, either breath work or singing or mm. umming. Like oh, I, I do that. a lot of like ohms and yeah. weird sounds with my <laughs> voice and throat. First of all, it's an incredible massage for you. Um, vagus nerve. Wow. Uh, we can talk about that later if you want. Um, but which is going to calm your nervous system down, which I often need. I stop my day being like so pumped about it yeah. that I do need a little bit of calming down. And he, awake, he awakens my voice. He helps me gain clarity it helps me open my throat chakra and mm-hmm. i love it <laughs> and it just makes me feel good right um om also has a very interesting um frequency as well yeah. that is usually very calming and i love starting my day like that it doesn't mean i do a lot of kriya meditation but i have a tendency to do this as a break in my day or at night right so we have preferences and i think it's important for us to build our relationship to ourselves so we understand our preferences better and it's always better to take the time I need to reassess mm. rather than having a set routine that's going to give you more a, a bigger chance to have a sensation of failure early in the morning you don't want that <laughs> yeah and it's almost like you're talking about just giving yourself space and really like time to reconnect with you because this is making me think about my routine where it's like for a while I felt resentful that I didn't want to do the journaling or I didn't want to do the meditation. And I was like, but, you know, people think of me for my morning routine. Like people worldwide are, you know, using my morning routine as an example. And I almost started to feel like down on myself. And I think I love, like, I really love what you said about evolution, because I think that's what we're talking about here, Mm -hmm. where it's like, as you evolve, it's like you do the identity work for a certain period of time. And this kind of gets me into the topic, which, I think you are the best person to speak on this is like, when do we know it's time to move on, right? Because it's like you come from the background of being a therapist and having all this experience, which I'm sure we're going to dive into. But it's like, I just feel that some people are feeling like they're never enough or like they're never done doing the work. So what would you say to that person that feels like, well, I need to do the rest of my life to be successful? Well, you're right, and it is important to consider the time in between. You yeah. know, it's it's true that we're constantly evolving, and to be honest with you, you've actually posted something interesting about it recently. Several things. First of all, I think you post saying I don't have a morning routine was a relief for a lot of people mm. that have a tendency to feel like failure early yeah. in the morning. That's first the of word. all, right? Um, and identity work we evolve with our relationship to identity as we grow. It's just, it's just a thing. Between age 20 and 30, we have a tendency to have a lot of energy, to not have done that much identity work yet. Most people don't. So you have an increased necessity need to do that work. And you're going to look for new experiences. You're going to want to get the most of life so you know better life and you can make choices better. Yeah. So your the realm because you're looking for new activities constantly, the realm of your passions is quite wide open and so you start understanding, oh, actually, I have preferences, right? And as you get closer, usually that's the way it works, as you get closer to to 30 years old, you're gonna be like, oh, 
I, I know myself a little better. Like I remember when I was 22, 23, I thought I had to travel the world and visit every single country <laughs> in the world. And I was, that was making me feel excited to think about all the cultures and yeah. people I could meet. And today I'm like, I'm, I'm good. I, I think I know what I prefer and I don't need to travel all the countries in the world. But there is yeah. a few other things that I want to experience in my life. And I think that's a really good example for the story of our lives in general. As soon as we hit, hit the late 20s, 30s, we have different yeah. rhythm. You know, some people are early, some are a little late. A lot of men are a little later than that. <laughs> it's actually not a sexist thing. It's, it's a thing. Like women have a tendency to find their tr true identity earlier in life, around 27, 28, 29. Mm -hmm. Men usually find it a tiny bit later, and that's, his, that's just a median. You know, it's just yeah. a, a rough... Uh, average number but when you get to 30 plus you have a better idea of who you are and you don't feel the need of constantly looking for more you yeah. just don't and at one point you just feel good about yourself and you are allowed to chill i um i like calling it so some some people who maybe would have followed my programs know that i like to call it a playground or um a, a zone of fun like mm. some it's 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 a realm, it's a space in your life where you've done, you've been through all the challenges to get there and then you feel good and you don't immediately feel the need for change. You feel mm. like, I've done all of this and I really like where I am at. And we living in a world, especially in the United States, that is so performance led that you have a feeling that if you don't keep on growing or doing something, then you again a failure yeah. <laughs> which is not true you are allowed to celebrate your success and to grow in grace as well like to enjoy that moments of feeling graceful and easy and and good and to actually live experiences through that other spectrum that's way more soft and feminine right well the feminine can survive anything at all it's it's an <laughs> energy that that moves but my point is you're allowed to enjoy the moments of feeling good and you can find growth in it as well and don't worry the next challenge when you're going to need it in your life when your night life is going to need an update it's going to come to you you're going to feel it the moment you're going to start feeling itchy for something new you'll know it you've been through it julia i've been through a change myself recently we we're just talking about it um, as we opened up we were having a little chat just the two of us um, talking about how slowly I'm talking more about biohacking and you even asked me, do you still consider yourself as a therapist? I do. I just believe that therapy and understanding the mind can, can't just be understood on its own. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I've always felt that there was something missing in the realm of psychology, of therapy, of coaching, and that is your actual relationship to your body and to your physiology. How does your body feed your brain and what action does it lead you to take? And how do you how you feel about your body how alive you feel or healthy you feel actually has a huge impact on your mood emotions beliefs intelligence mm -hmm. i mean this is a lot this is huge yeah. and we tend to forget that as a psychologist as, as a psychotherapist as a therapist as a coach whatever you are i i believe that there is a lot of people like me that felt like at one point we we need to speak about more than just psychology we need yeah. to understand the science behind and um and sometimes i'm pretty sure i'm not the only one who felt stuck as a psych as a as a therapist wow. i felt stuck i sometimes had clients coming to me we're doing all the incredible identity work mm -hmm. trauma work and 
and you know that because you've, you know, you've known me for a little while, but I've trained in the best cognitive behavior tools. I have, I literally spend my 20s collecting those tools to become the best at having a fast paced training mm -hmm. and, and recovery and therapy process. And I believe I'm doing pretty well. And sometimes people are doing better, but they're not great. Mm -hmm. And the reason behind it is because they have a very leaky gut. They don't have a right balance in their gut. They don't uh, balance their cortisol properly because they don't have the right sleep schedule. And it's a tiny fix that's going to actually change their life. But for now, they feel crappy yeah. because they haven't understood that enough. Yeah. So I had to start understanding nutrition and, um, and biohacking actually better. And this is how, this is why it led me, led me where I am today is because I've, you know, watched the videos and studied the books and worked with the nutritionists that gave me the tools to understand it better. And actually now I, I, I work with them. Um, we have partnerships, so like I'm not alone in that process and I can always give them the best experience. But I believe that if you want to be efficient in the way that you heal your mind, you have to consider it as the old machine. Yeah. And it's the fastest and best way to get where you want to go. And... If you feel good about yourself, you don't have to do it now. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And what's super interesting about this is when I first met you, you're like, I'm the therapist that gets rid of my clients after six months or however long of time. And I remember when I first met you, I was like, wait, what? I know people that are in therapy for like eight, nine, 10 years. And you're like, that is exactly why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. Because people who are in traditional talk therapy I don't believe like they should be graduating from it. And this really struck a chord with me because even in my coaching programs, like, you know, business people love to talk about lifetime value and how to retain customers. But the truth is in any sort of coaching therapy, however you want to call it, people should move on from you, right? People should evolve and expand. And do you really want like, do I want someone, do I want to be someone's business coach for like 10 years? No, like I want you to grow. I want you to be successful. We can change the relationship, but it's like that mentor mentee relationship has to grow and evolve. And this is something I would love to hear your thoughts on, because I know for me, I went to traditional talk therapy for like six, seven, eight years, life coaching for that long. Like I'd been with, I, I thought that you have to be with them forever. And I think what we've talked about is like that codependent relationship and breaking out of that. So I'd love to hear your thoughts after working with so many clients mm -hmm. and having so many experiences, plus why it drove you towards this pivot to really look more like mind, body, soul connection. That's a great one. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think it, can, it comes actually from a personal, just personal experience of refusing I don't want to be dependent on somebody or someone to feel good about myself. I want to learn, but I don't want to be to be caught in this process. Yeah. I'm also happy to go back to them in a couple of months or years when they have evolved and they have more to teach. You know, yeah. so it's a good point. Right? I like that. Um, it, it doesn't mean that they're never gonna come back to you, and actually, doesn't a, a lot of my clients sometimes after a year or two are like, hey, can we do sessions again? And they're like, oh, great, you have new yeah. information, you have changed a little bit. I'm interested in a new you. They're gonna mm -hmm. come back. They'll be interested in a new you. They're gonna. They're interested in your point of view. They're interested yeah. in how you can make them grow. And they want, it's important that you have space to grow for them to come back and be interested in your offer again, mm -hmm. right? I really believe that. And there is the education aspect. For me, it's really important to, 
I think it is wrong to let them to believe that they can't do this on their own because yeah. you can. You 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 can I do love a lot. That. Sometimes you know, yes, there is bigger traumas and there is life changing life life quakes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Life there is. <laughs> I never heard that. Um, it comes from a book actually. I can't remember which one is right now, mm-hmm. but it's. It does. It happens, and sometimes it is important to seek for help. I absolutely agree with that, and I believe that it is important for you to feel safe with your mental health and the tools you have to gradually welcome those experiences differently. When you know that you can deal with whatever level, whatever experience, and regardless of the level of intensity it is, mm-hmm. when you know that you can survive that and you're going to be okay. It doesn't matter whether it happens or not, and you're not scared of life anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not about having a good therapist on the side and being like, "Well, if something happens, at least I'm going to have somebody to support me." It's about understanding that, well, if I have the right tools, if I train my mind to behave in a certain way, to understand things in a certain way, to reframe faster, then I'm not going to be down for too long. And if anything happens at all, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be all nice. I'm not saying mm-hmm. you're not going to suffer. But when you're going to witness suffering coming to you, when you're going to feel suffering, sadness, anger, something happening in your life, you're not going to be shattered. You're going to be like, okay, I'm learning. I'm going to use my tools. This is not nice right now, mm-hmm. but I also know that it's temporary and that I am able to do something about it. When you're able to do something about it, it's not, it's not scary anymore. And you've, you know that. You've been through that with your business. I'm sure mm-hmm. that the moment you launched your business, it was really scary. And yeah. now you're like, well, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> you know? And because you've learned. And mental health is the same concept. You have to learn. As soon as, as, soon as you have learned the basic tools, how it works, what works better for you, how to reframe my mind, how to hack my mind, basically. This is really what I was fascinated about. I didn't use that word at the time, but when I studied hypnosis with five different teachers in a row, (laughs) what I was trying to do is understanding how it works and how to hack it better. As soon as you understand how to hack it and that it can be hacked, you're not afraid. And this is what we want to target, is to teach people not to be afraid of life events and themselves, people anymore. Mm. And it's, it's just all workout. It's just using the right weights at the right yeah. time, right? So how do you hack your mind? Ooh. <laughs> well, it depends on who you are, where mm-hmm. you want to get. Um, it's, it's interesting to... Um, to understand what blocks the mind, mm-hmm. the mind, what you're afraid of, and why you're afraid of those things. Um, I mean, education, trauma, of course, origin, original wounds would be a big thing in there, and we tend to think about them as a, a kind of tra- almost a tragedy. You know, mm-hmm. this is the way it is, and 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 then it's so easy to fall into a victim mindset, being like, oh, it's because of my wound, because I'm like this, because I'm afraid of rejection, because I'm this and that, you can reframe everything and anything at all. You just have to fix the short circuit. And sometimes there is little scars that can stay for a little bit, but even those scars, as soon as you know they exist, as soon as you know, oh, I'm reacting like like that because mm-hmm. my little wound is hurt, my little, my little ego is being, mm-hmm. and ego is not a bad word, and I, we need to understand that. Ego is just the sum of your personas. Mm-hmm. It's your identity, it's not bad. But we have an ego that can be stuck in victim mindset and we have an ego that can be proud of who he is, who you are, 
we need our ego. That's basically mm-hmm. our identity. Um, but when it's it's hurt, you can react really strongly to events in life. So how do we hack that? Well, we learn to bring awareness to it. That's you know that's what I teach to my private clients in my programs mm-hmm. and stuff. How do we bring awareness to it? And then how do I make it better? And some people will be very sensitive to dissociative hypnosis. Some people will be very sensitive to coaching and PNL for uh, NLP sorry in English NLP for instance mm-hmm. um, which is a great way to reframes mm-hmm. to reframe and do reframes some people will be very sensi- sensitive to symbolic therapy which is all about feeling I'm very sensitive to that I'm very mm-hmm. tactile close to my emotions symbolic therapy works really well for me people that tend to be more that like to be in control will have a tendency to like a coaching approach a little better. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need to trigger them a little bit with another tool. So it's the more you learn about how it works, the more you start understanding when and how to use those tools. Um, journaling, coaching, yeah. writing, etc. Uh, self-hypnosis as well. I teach that. You can mm-hmm. do that. That's not difficult. <laughs> yeah. um, and then use them. Basically, and another hack when it comes to mindset is habits, understanding the body, stuff like that. Yeah. The moment I understand that I need to see the sun or light every day, I need to get outside every yeah. day, and I don't feel blue, I'm less likely to feel depressed one day. Mm-hmm. Great, I don't even I don't even question it. I just get up, get out of bed, have a glass of water, and just go outside, even if it's just for two minutes. Change mm-hmm. my day. Most people work like that. It's very a big deal for me. But that's a biohack for your mind as well, oh, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm really fascinated by this concept that I heard that we're more likely to move away from pain than we are to move towards pleasure. What are your thoughts on that? We're more likely to move away from pain than we are likely to move towards, towards pleasure. pleasure. So, like, for example, I saw this video, and it basically said, you know, if you, if you found out that your mom was in the hospital and you had to raise $50,000 to save her. Oh, you would no. do everything, right? You'd sell your car, you'd start GoFundMe, you'd call everybody you know. But if you had to raise $50,000 to win a vacation yeah. to Hawaii, you're less likely and less inclined to do that because it's not as motivating to move towards yeah, pleasure. Absolutely. Um, safety. Feeling of safety. Um, as soon as you feel unsafe, you, you your system can you know, just carry mountains and, and, and do the impossible. As soon as you feel safe, you have a tendency to be comfortable. It's like, oh, whatever, it's not life-changing. It's not yeah. a big deal anymore, right? Um, and just talking about your mom, the mom figure, the mother figure is a big deal for most yeah. of us, for every one of us, actually, regardless of the relationship we have with our mom. It has, mm-hmm. whether we want to be alike or to not be alike, it stays, it's a model, right? Um, so the moment the model is being is being questioned, yeah. well, you question your own identity. It becomes it becomes very threatening. You even sometimes for some people it's going to be questioning, am I going to be worthy of love for somebody else, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Your whole identity is being questioned. So of of course you're going to want it not to happen, right? It's like oh my gosh, there is alarm, danger, yeah. red flag, um, and there is a time. There is a time reference as well. There is a deadline. There is, well, if I don't do this fast enough, potentially yeah. there is an end to it, right? 
the trip to Hawaii, you know, postpone it. You know, you're like, oh, well, if I don't do this this December, maybe I can do that next Christmas, to yeah. be honest with you. I've been there many times in my life. Um, we do have a tendency to also celebrate like celebrate a victory and get stuck in there sometimes and it can be good it can be enjoyable and it is important to 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 reframe your objectives as well you know so um let me explain this if i let's say i have you you just cross a big milestone in your business and you could be like great i've done it and mm -hmm. you could stay for a while like this and you can stay you can talk about it for a very long time to your your clients mm -hmm. and people coming to you being like I've done this I've done that I've done this I've done that if you start doing this for too long potentially <laughs> they're gonna get bored of it yeah. and they're gonna stop seeing you as somebody that evolves yeah. and you're gonna get stuck yourself in the identity in the in the persona of I've done this but people are not gonna get interested anymore they're gonna be like what why what why why are they not interested in me anymore yeah. that's gonna be hard right so it's what's interesting is that this this deadline is making us push forward and sometimes when there is no deadline we have a tendency to procrastinate because mm -hmm. we don't we have to reassess our identity we have, to, we have to reassess who we are and where we want to go to to feel like we're going forward we need to go forward most yeah. of the time that's why i was saying earlier don't worry it's going to come you'll yeah. feel it when you want when you need to grow again i i had a teacher once that gave a really good example about that so if you're interested i'm going to share it mm -hmm. She gave the example of Buzz Aldrin. Do you know who Buzz Aldrin is? Sounds very familiar. Yeah, it is. It's familiar to a lot of people and they don't yeah. quite know yeah. why. <laughs> He's the second guy who walked on the moon. Yes. He was number two. I have a funny story <laughs> right? about that, but I'll save it for later. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really interesting because when he became, when he was part of this expedition, I think it was four, four men that yeah. went on that mission and came back. They were the first astronaut they were the superhero that did it right mm -hmm. they were they saw the the queen of england they saw all of the celebrities they were welcome everywhere on the planet they shook hands with presidents yeah. and stuff it was wow it was huge um and and they they started they all started identifying with this role and function and identity and then they walk forward and they're like okay eventually you want yeah. to do something else in your life and buzz aldrin didn't really for he didn't <laughs> so he, he wanted to be seen as the hero for a very long time but years are passing and and people want more people want to see you evolve so they can get inspired but he didn't he stayed stuck he stayed with the identity of mm. the guy who walked on the moon and that song started getting old yeah. basically you know and that led him to heavy depression the guy was an air force pilot he could have had He could have had a big career yeah. in other functions, doing other stuff. He just celebrated that victory for too long, way yeah. too long. And a lot of people being stuck out there, just celebrating that comfort. It's comfortable here, I'm yeah. just gonna stay, you know? I, I'm gonna share a personal story about that. And it's not what's, you know, I realized that recently, and that's, I want to show here that I've been in this business for over 10 years, and you still discover stuff <laughs> at, the very, at the right time. Recently, I've started thinking about my, my business, thinking I want to take it higher. Why, why, why am I not eager to get there? Why don't I have the, the urge? Why am I not selling my car and stuff? Comfortable situation. Yeah. I have a beautiful husband that takes care of me. I have enough money in the bank. I have enough and enough. 
there is no actual need and mm. um, I probably still have something in my, my system that likes to be that I, likes to believe that things are gonna happen at the right <laughs> time I'm just gonna wait for it well yeah but if I were more aware if I was if I kept my my eyes open for the signs earlier yeah I would have noticed that actually a year ago I already want I wanted to get there and wow. I pushed it for I pushed it back I was like no I'm gonna stay here it's comfortable mm-hmm. no I'm gonna stay here it's comfortable we have a tendency to do that it's not a big deal yeah it's not a big deal though when you notice it just take it as a lesson Ooh, I stayed too long okay I'm not gonna I do that again too long. I stayed too long in this I position like that. that's why I'm saying yes you're gonna keep growing your whole life and it's great to take a break and it's great to celebrate and it's great to stay on a certain level of growth for a little while and at one point I'm just going to catch up with you Mm. and if you pretend you're not hearing the sign that's what I did for a very long time (laughs) well for a few months Mm -hmm. almost a year well it's going to come back and at one point it's going to be like shoot like shoot I had a I had I had a difficult time with my business a couple of, of months ago. I told you about mm-hmm. it. And he was like, oh, yeah, it's because you need to evolve earlier. Yeah. I should have taken that direction early on. Okay, now I'm going to listen. Well, this is divine timing for us to be talking about this, as always, because you know that I worked with Vanessa Lau uh, in yeah. 2022. It was yeah. supposed to be 2023. And she actually just announced her comeback this oh, morning. Wow. Wow. And I was watching her video this morning. It was like a 45-minute video. It was so funny because I had to go do my hair. And usually when I do my hair, it's about like 30, 45 minutes. So I put on a podcast, put on a video. I saw the notification for the video. And I'm like, oh, I'm watching this. And essentially what she talked about is this topic that we're talking about. And now like her new vision is like, I've already made my millions. I'm very, I had, I had it all. And I was depressed. I was unhappy. I was building a monster that I didn't want to run and maintain. And I remember when she shut down her business, I was like, felt like I was mourning a loss because I was in her mastermind. She refunded Mm -hmm. her mastermind and, you know, all this stuff. And now seeing her come back, she looks completely different. Like her face, her energy, everything is like completely different. And you can tell it's like so authentic to her. Mm. And what I thought was really interesting and something that like I'm really sitting with before I really speak up and out about it is her idea of like what's enough because she sold her car, she got a a more uh, reasonable car for the lifestyle that she wants to live. She let go of her whole team, she redid her whole website, like she did, she made so many changes and her whole pivot of her brand is talking about like being enough, like what does enough mean for you? And almost like this desire to just be satisfied and that's okay. So I think it's really interesting because we hear about this a lot in business and she says like i don't want to be like alex hormozzi i don't want to be like cody sanchez like i just want to live a comfortable life so i'm almost wondering like is it really such a problem if some people just want to stay comfortable like do we always have to want to achieve to want something greater well it depends on the people and it depends on the 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 periods of your life their life Mm -hmm. Um, i i think being comfortable is something we all end up looking for at one point in our life when yeah. we we done when we've done the identity work when we we are done proving something to others yep. and it, it happened at different stages also we have preferences like 
I'm a full on Taurus. I love my comfort <laughs> and I think I'm gonna, I want to manifest to create a certain level of comfort in my life. And I'm probably not gonna be comfortable dealing with too many millions. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, I, I see that coming, you know, <laughs> I yeah. see that from far. Um, so that's, that's a thing. What's true as well, we, us as, I guess men and women or people identifying with more masculine energy versus a feminine energy would have also different answers to that. I guess there is where you're at in your life, yeah. what have you accomplished, what wounds do you have to heal because people that are stuck in a pattern of needing to prove something and that mm -hmm. happens a lot can, 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 it can be very hard for them to choose the easier path and yeah. to accept to release and unfortunately well let's go back to the body you know if you keep up the tension for too long it's going to have an impact it's going to make you sick at one point or another yeah. i'm not saying that needs to happen to you but i'm saying it can be damaging for the yeah. body to never take a break but also let's talk about the balance of feminine and masculine energy you know the masculine is the masculine energy is that force that puts us into motion and makes us want to achieve, to have a goal, right? Yeah. The feminine energy, which as women, or when we identify as women, we have a tendency to identify more with the feminine energy. It's not the case for everybody. It's not necessarily unhealthy if you don't, but a certain balance between feminine and masculine is often is often the balance that you're looking for. Um, but as female, we have a tendency to look for that feminine energy and to nurture that feminine. We need that space. Yeah. We need the ease. We need to surrender sometimes to the masculine. I'm not saying always, but I'm saying you, you will need to know that you can surrender. Yeah. You will need the space to create. The feminine energy is the, is, is the creativity, is the mm -hmm. potential. What does that mean? It's what can be, right? The potential is what makes the structure evolve. It's what makes the masculine evolve. But without the space to create, to cultivate that energy, to find that purpose, to, to build that potential, it doesn't exist, mm -hmm. right? So if you're too much in your, ma in your masculine, you find um, a, a, a clinical, lifeless structure that can't evolve, To allow that feminine energy to rise, you need space. You yeah. need to create, to, to nurture that energy. If you put fire in a very small box, it can't really expand, yeah. you know? It needs more oxygen and more space. The, fem the potential of the feminine energy is just like that. It needs space, it needs food, it needs creativity, it needs to see the world around so yeah. it can be inspired. So ease is not just about procrastinating and doing nothing it's about allowing space for things to become more clear and easy for inspiring the masculine in a, in a different way whether it's men in our society whether it's your own masculine mm -hmm. whether it's your man in your relationship whether you want it or not you're going to want to find the balance even if you're a man actually at one point if you feel stuck if you If you're stuck with yourself, very likely it's because you're not leaving enough space for the feminine to rise, Yeah. right? Wow. I think the common theme of what we're talking about is like evolution. And you know, when you think evolution, you maybe think like, where did humans come from? And like history and things like that. But I think we don't look at enough the evolution of who we are as people. And I think a big thing that really like stuck with me about Vanessa's video was she said that in the beginning 
right? She's in her early 20s when she started her business. Mm -hmm. Her priorities changed after 30. And I think that the more I, I go deep and into the depths of my business, I realize that there's different seasons. Like there's some seasons that are such a growth season. There's some seasons where I'm like, I just want to like pull back a little bit. And this has actually been such a gift for me is expanding my time horizons, right? Where it's like, I just had this experience where like, I wanted to finish my course this weekend. I'm revamping it. I'm doing like a whole upgrade to it. And I was like, I'm going to finish it by Sunday. I'm going to, going to, going to. But now I realize like, this is some imaginary deadline that I set. And I literally woke up Sunday morning and I was like, that's funny. Like, I set this imaginary deadline. Like, I don't have a boss. I am the boss, mm. right? So it's like, is the business going to burn to the ground if I don't finish it by Sunday? No. And I was like, I don't even remember the last time I took a Sunday, like, fully off. Like, yeah. I like to have chill Sundays, but I'll usually, like, work a little or do a little this, a little that. And then I'm in Slack. And then I'm voice noting. And I'm like, okay, I'm working. So I took the whole day off. And I can't even tell you how refreshed I felt yeah. this morning. I finished the whole thing this morning. I, I am not <laughs> like, surprised. In two hours. Of course, because you needed that potential to build, to be yeah. efficient again. You need to give a rest to the system, not just for rest's sake, for creativity's sake, yeah. for imagination's sake, etc., yeah. etc. I have a tendency to do the same thing, you know, that type, <laughs> type A brain, right? I yeah. was just telling a friend yesterday that when my... My husband sleeps way, way later than I do. I think he needs more sleep and he's not on the same sleep schedule. It doesn't have the same chronotype. Um, so he will sleep until like 10, 11 over yeah. the weekend. I'm up and I'm up in the week. Seven is my ideal time. Yeah. Weekend eight is a good time. Yeah. And um, and I love that time between eight and 11 because I'm like, oh, I'm going to stick in. I'm going to do some work. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Um, and sometimes being very productive and sometimes I just honestly need to chill and read a book yes. or go for a walk or do something for myself or get a facial or whatever it is that yeah. I want to do. Um, But yeah, I lost why we got there in the first place. But Well, I think we're, what, we're, what we're talking about really is like creativity, oh, yeah. where it's like you need, especially like, right, people listening to this are creatives, they're entrepreneurs, yeah. creator entrepreneurs, however you want to call it these mm -hmm. days, influencers, right? And I think what's so interesting is that we leave a nine to five to work a 24-7, right? People yeah. say this yeah. all the time, but we forget that our engine is our mindset, yeah. is our creativity, is our vision, yeah. right? So it's like me, I lead a company, I have four team members, we have over 300 active clients, I have 200,000 people in my communities. Like if I go down, everybody else is going yeah. down. So it's like, if I don't take that Sunday off, And I show up like a zombie on Monday. Now today I have two team members out unexpectedly. So it's like, if I didn't take that rest day, would I have been able to do the course, mm. be a coach, be a, a, a CEO? Chills, literally. And yes, you're right. And I think we're hitting here the paradox of what we've been talking since the beginning of this. We've been saying, oh, you need a deadline not to stay stuck in the comfort. And you need the comfort. Yes, exactly. Both, actually. Yeah. It's about this finding this balance between yin and yen, and feminine and masculine, and yeah. action and, and relaxation. It's like everything else in life. It's about hitting that perfect balance and know that if you go too much one direction, life is going to pull you back in another one. If you, do not, if you were not to listen that need for rest sometimes, for Sunday rest, you would probably just burn out and yeah. life will force you to take some rest, right? And it would not be so nice. Well, it's so interesting <laughs> because... 
I feel that I'm just, I'm very intuitive mm-hmm. and I'm just like so tapped in. And I feel like I just, the more and more I progress in my journey, I feel just way more intuitive that like now my body will like literally resent it. Mm-hmm. And I did this human design reading and where I was learning a little bit more. I don't know too much about it, but it was like, she was looking at my chart and she was basically saying that I am, I am like very, like I am an intuitive where it's like, when I feel something, like I physically cannot act on it. And I think this is interesting where it's like, where is that fine line between like, I'm lazy and I'm not achieving my goals or like I physically like cannot move forward with this because it's not in alignment. Mm -hmm. And it's like in the beginning of my journey, I wouldn't per se say I was lazy, but I would be like, oh, I'm not going to the gym today because I don't feel like it. Or like, eh, I'm not going to work on the business because I don't feel like it versus like knowing when it's the intuition. So I'm curious to know your thoughts on that because I feel like this is like a skill I had to master over the years yeah. to know like, when am I not holding myself to my highest or when do I need a break? It's, you're right, you're talking about fine tuning your relationship to your sensation to know whether it's it's the little devil on your shoulder talking <laughs> or whether it's actually am I talking for my higher good yeah um, it's it's a really big one um, I, I I think if you were if we were to take the time to ground and to ask this question again we would we would figure it out and you're right it, it takes training to fine-tune that sense of self and intuition and it takes some commitment to listen to listen to your body uh, what's true is that if, if you meant to stop something or to not do something anymore, to go in a direction, you're going to see the signs. Like if, yeah. you, if it, for some reason it keeps being, it keeps being difficult and difficult, it's not working out, you can question. And yeah. it's not necessarily the goal that you're questioning, but maybe it's the way you're doing it, you mm-hmm. know? So every time you're you meeting, I'm not saying just one or two difficulties, but a lot of difficulties on your path, maybe maybe it's not supposed to be too, so that yeah. hard. Maybe I could do it differently. Maybe I can adopt another, another system. That's a really good one. I, do you know what? I should, I should really um, create a medi- meditation out of it, just create an audio and put it on my platform somewhere. But I do have like a, a higher self, self-hypnosis slash meditation practice that. that I like offering to my client. It's about, well, if I was connecting to my, the, ver- the highest version of myself, what would the highest version of myself yes. do? And you know it. It's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, there is, as soon as you connect to that higher force and you recognize that it's actually part of you, that's the, a big problem is that you, you, you know that you're divine, but you don't know it. Yeah. You know, it's like, am I, yeah, okay, I understand I'm the son of the universe or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm made of the, 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 the substances and the molecules of the <laughs> universe, whatever. And there is no, I, I know I'm a, I'm a child of the universe. I yeah. freaking know it. So it's, it's really that difference between knowing and knowing, like understanding and knowing. When you start feeling it through those experiences, a meditation, a hypnosis session, you start connecting to it and you're like, oh yeah, it's in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, it's easier to, if you don't trust yourself to take a decision, to go ask that entity that you connected to, to go ask the universe, to go ask your connection to the universe. I yeah. think this is a really good way to, to, to refine your decision or to refine, to find your answer, really. I, I think we can all find it in, in ourselves. 
Um, so that would be another way. And let's commit today for me mm-hmm. to create that audio yeah. and to make it available <laughs> because I think it's a really great one. Oh yeah. Yeah, and we can we can I can share it with yeah, you and you can absolutely. share it with a podcast or something. But um, there is where you're going as well as the difference between um, intuition and um, instinct. Mm. And we have a tendency to fear instinct. And I don't think that's right. I don't. I think instinct is really instinct is basically linked to your survival skills. Yeah. When intuition is your connection to the universe, to the everything, to you know, you, you, we call it you call it whatever you want. You can call it psychic power. You can call yeah. it your relationship to God. You can call it. We all had this feeling once in our lives. You know, you can mm-hmm. believe it in it or not. But it's about oh, I have a feeling that. If I take this direction, if I make that decision, it's going to take me somewhere. I don't know where yet, but it's going to it's going to take me somewhere. We have. Yeah. I had recently this feeling about my business, and I had con- I asked confirmations to my guides, and I had all the confirmation mm. sign that I wanted. And sometimes I just don't listen yeah. to it. I told you my story about how I met my husband, and suddenly I had the yeah. feeling that I had to fly to New York without. I was living in France at the time. I had no reason to fly to New York, but I did, and I met him a couple of days later. Right, so. And we married and very happy today. And um, sometimes we have those little signs in our lives. I believe it's present in every one of us, but we don't necessarily listen to them mm-hmm. because we think, what if it's just <laughs> bullshit? <laughs> Sorry for the word. But, um, and we think, oh, that, that's just nothing. Or we think, oh, maybe it's just instinct and it's, mm-hmm. it's not how you're led. Well, sometimes your instinct and intuition are going to come together, give you the same message, first and all. Understand as well that instinct is going to be linked more to your fears Mm -hmm. and that sometimes it's important to be like, what am I feeling? Oh, is it linked to fear or is it linked to love? Is it, is it a feeling that I have, do I have this information coming to me because I'm connecting to my higher self to love Mm -hmm. or am I having this feeling because there is fear somewhere inside of me. Can I reframe that fear? Can I understand where it comes from? Yeah. That would be another way to differenti- differentiate those and, and take a more informed decision, I guess. Absolutely. And to really land this plane, I feel like we came to the podcast, we're like, we're going to talk biohacking. We're going to talk all this stuff. And I think what really stood out for me and maybe the listeners as well is this connection to self And I mean this on a very like logical way because when I first joined this work and I studied manifestation and mindset work and life coaching and all of that, it was very like be delusional kind of mindset. And I think now having accumulated the success, having built the business, having expanded my network and having high level conversations with people, I've come to the conclusion that it's about this like inner trust. And I love what you said about intuition versus instinct. And I almost feel that it's like we're born like bare, right? We're vulnerable, we're raw. Mm. And then like life starts happening to us. We start having experiences and traumas and conditioning. And then like as we continue to progress, it's like we're undoing that to go back to being raw and vulnerable and bare. And I think that this is a beautiful connection between trusting yourself and Mm. i think that's what biohacking really means like how to live in your optimal performance is how to be connected to who you are so with all that like what are your final thoughts on this and kind of like your key takeaways and your conclusions from this episode 
I believe you're right. What we're talking about is awareness of who yeah. you are. At least if it's not, well, sometimes, you know, um, you can have as much intuition and awareness as you want. And I believe that um, lab work can be very interesting. And, you know, <laughs> having somebody that's competent reading yeah. a lab work can be really good as well. Um, but I think you're right. It, at the end of the day, the best you can do is to bring more and more awareness to your life, to build the ability to connect to your body, to connect with the states that you like being with, happy, joyful, and to question, how did I get that? Yeah. Can I have, can I build up a, um, a little memo, you know, yeah. a little a, a strategy? So I, I know how it feels, I know how to connect to it again, I know how to build that again. What are the activities that I tend to build that, um, that feeling? Like and, the evidence. You know, exactly. Yeah. And then you start understanding yourself a little more. I yeah. think ultimately identity work is a really big one. That's often where I start with my clients. And there is slowly understanding that that, that awareness, you can, you, you can get there yourself. And yeah. it's by committing to it on a regular basis and regularly it leads you to being more happy because you make more informed decisions and you're right at the end of the day biohacking is making an taking an informed decision to honor my body my mind my soul and that information can be science it can be your your feelings your needs you'll see that some often the almost all the time at the end of that game when you get really good at it The science just validates the feeling that you have inside. You get yeah. so good that it's it's so well tuned, right? But it is about honoring that machine that allows you to have a much healthier, bigger, more interesting experience. As long as you're going to be plagued by fears, mm -hmm. by those walls, by this, those conditionings, I call them conditionings yeah. that you have in your life, you you're going to have limitations, right? And it's doesn't mean you can't have a happy life, but mm -hmm. it, it is a limitation to your potential. Mm. And, you know, you say we, we're born bare and vulnerable. Let's say maybe we incarnated, but bare and vulnerable. We hold a lot of like trans that. transgenerational yeah. trauma off often, um, most of the time. When I say transgenerational, sometimes it comes from society as well. Like society has a huge, is, is a huge mirror for us. So yeah. we get inspired by it as well. So, I mean, look at the world around us. How can you not have burdens yeah. and trauma that is not even linked to your family but just by being a human in the world we're living in um, I'm not saying I'm a pessimistic I'm just saying the more we bring awareness to that the more we're going to change that world and that starts with your body and your re relationship to the self because once you once you become that much aware and I think you're a very good example of that Julia mm -hmm. by bringing awareness to who you are you you took your power, you reclaim your power and now you have a much bigger impact in the world, meaning you're impacting the lives of hundreds and hundreds of people and soon to be thousands and thousands mm -hmm. of people. And I think this is a really good example for whoever is listening to this podcast, for you who is listening to this podcast. <laughs> it's, it's a good reminder. It's where, it's where it happens. Power lies in awareness. Mm -hmm. And if you want to claim this power and use it for the highest good on this planet... It starts with awareness and it keeps on going, being awareness. That's <laughs> the, the golden nugget. In, in the last <laughs> clip, the power lies in the awareness. Yeah. Anis, thank you so much. You are such a gift. Where can the world find you? Uh, actually, Instagram is probably the best, uh, the best to, to get in touch mm -hmm. with me and to see what I do to discover my programs and retreats and all that. Um, 
I, I would say this is where I'm the most active and I always answer. Sometimes mm-hmm. it takes me a couple of days, but I will answer. <laughs> um, definitely more reliable than any other source. So go on my Instagram page, mm-hmm. um, which is the bio, the Blissful Biohacker. And, um, and yeah, that's me. And thank you so much for having me. It's always such a pleasure to spend time <laughs> with you and to have conversations. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you.